you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Dan Hansis along with Mark Sessler, Chris Wesley, and Greg Rosenthal of the Around the NFL podcast. Hey, Dan. Hey, buddy. On the latest show, we talk about Martell- Martellus Bennett's arrival in New England and how that could affect the Patriot offense. And then we do some over-unders on some big names of the free agency period, and Greg Rosenthal drops a bombshell about his personal life. I do not do that, but just start sizing those rings. Marty B coming to town. It's over. NFL.com slash podcast. And also check us out and leave comments on iTunes. Football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available on iTunes, NFL.com, slash podcasts, Stitcher. And beyond, let's get to it for the second show in a row. We're not going to introduce anybody. Well, okay, Chris Wessling and Bucky Brooks will get into further explanations and we'll tell you that Shaq Lawson's coming up. But real quick, it's time for our opening show, Lightning Round. Let's get to it. Like Devin Hester fielding an opening kickoff and taking it to the house, we're starting at full speed. Are the Patriots the AFC favorite after these recent signings? Chris Wessling, how say you? Of course they are. They should be the AFC favorite every year. Yeah, but Brady's old. Buck, how say you? No. Who is? Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers, even without Martavis Bryant, allowing us to jump to our next subject here. Is the NFL behind the times when it would look like society is about to legalize weed across these United States to still be shutting guys down for full seasons for it? And I said this not as a Steeler homer. I said this when something similar happened to Josh Gordon. How say you, Buck? I still go back and forth with this issue because it is we are seeing a, a, a wave of legalization of marijuana throughout the country. However, every workplace has rules, and you have to abide by those rules. And so I hear you. You're like Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. If hey, if in, booze ain't legal, it ain't legal, and I'm going to – If it's in the rules, it hasn't been collectively bargained out of it. I have to say that 
Martavis Bryant and the other guys who violated are still wrong. I hear you, but a year is an awfully long uh, stretch to have Because to he's do. a repeat offender. Yes, now, that's the, right. The only thing I'll say about that is I don't like the fact that they can't have contact with the team. I think they still should be in a structured environment even though they can't play. Good point. Wes, how say you? We're going to look back in 20 years. Our kids are going to look back in 20 years and wonder at the fact that people were missing years for smoking pot. Let alone the medicinal value that uh, seems to be emerging here (laughs) in the 21st century. The best quarterback as of Super Bowl 50, Chris Wessling, how say you? Tom Brady. Of course. Bucky, how say you? Mm. Joe Montana. Joe Montana still holds on. We're going to get into that in just a second, a little bit deeper. It's a piece I have up there on NFL.com right now. Lastly, though, Bucky, the uh, the March Madness tourney is underway, if you haven't heard. Who's going to win it all? The Tar Heels. Oh, North on. Carolina. Oh, come on, Buck. Wes, how Best team you? in the land. I have Who's in it? I have no idea. Oh. Can I tell you something? What? This is the first time in, I don't know, 25 years? No, more than that, 30 years, 40 years probably, that I have not filled out a bracket. I know nothing about college I basketball. can't fill out brackets. I feel sad. I, I, I Really, it's a passing of uh, – it's a rite of passage that I have passed on in 2016. I can't speak intelligibly or even write down. If I didn't see the number next to the team, I would have no idea who's good or bad or who's supposed to win any So how game. can you challenge me about Carolina not winning the title? I'm fine with. I'm. I listen. I, I I give you the business, but your Clemson adversary, Shaq Lawson, as I mentioned a second ago, is going to join us here in Studio 66 in a little while, and uh, he is uh, projected to go very high. Bucky Brooks uh, has his new mock draft out there at NFL.com. You have Shaq Lawson going to the Chicago Bears at number 11. So, Buck, you're not convinced that what Belichick and company have done here is going to be enough to give Brady one last crack. Well, I don't know, one last crack. But this is, you know, he, he is getting up there, and we continue to ignore it, or he forces us to ignore it by his sublime play. But in 2016, are you anticipating finally age setting in on uh, TB there? I mean, Tom Brady is going to be Tom Brady. When you look at the Patriots and how they play, it's still a dink and dunk offense. It's a lot of passes that are – under 10 yards, he allows his playmakers to catch the ball and run, and they make plays, and most people can't tackle on the perimeter. So it's always problematic. I like the move with Martellus Bennett coming over. I think it's the best tight end tandem they've had since. And Hernandez got in his trouble, so now they have two tight ends that can spread the field. Deion Lewis will return. So offensively, they will always be what they've been. But on defense, you can't keep losing blue-chip players and play at a high level. And I know people say, oh, they can replace Chandler Jones' production with Chris Long and Shea McClellan, who that's debatable because I think he didn't necessarily pan out in Chicago. I just don't know. This guy was a guy that had 12 and a half sacks last year. He was a big-time player for them. Yep. And unless you get a replacement, I don't know how that defense can continue to, to win. When they won the Super Bowl, they had a championship defense. Is Shea McLennan a, a poor no. man's no. answer there? No, not not an answer. And I like Chris Long, but he's not he's not an answer either. They, he's an aging player, a declining player, not what Chandler Jones is. I understand economically what the Patriots are doing. I just don't like removing talented players from my defense. Wes, you know, it occurs to me when I look at the at uh, these Patriots that uh, uh, I, I, so you th- so you're looking at them as your AFC favorite. You know, the model is has been made clear way back to the first time the Giants beat them in the Super Bowl. How to get 
to Brady. Brady doesn't like getting hit, but that's that's more difficult to execute than it is uh, than to. Uh, it's easier to say that than it is to execute that. Do you think at this age? given the state of that offensive line and, you know, they can obviously do some things before, you know, they go get Jonathan Cooper. I, you know, I'm no offensive line um, wizard. I don't look at, I, you know, I, I, I can't address, but Jonathan Cooper sounds like a bust. It seems like everybody has announced, Hey, wow, they fixed their offensive line. Why? By getting a bust? No, they fixed their offensive line because the offensive line wasn't a problem until injury set in. Yeah. They didn't need new faces. They need health. They were fine all year. People forget that, through early November, they were unbeatable. They were going through the whole NFL. Nobody could hang with them. The Edelman gets injured. Gronk gets injured. Deion Lewis gets injured. Lord Garrett Blunt gets injured. Nate Solder gets injured. Sebastian Vollmer gets injured. The guards get injured. Everybody got injured. I think they had three subs playing on their offensive line against the Broncos. I don't think they needed to – they need tackle depth because you can, when Sebastian Vollmer has to flip over to the left side, that's a problem because Marcus Cannon played right tackle and got destroyed. They need health, and they probably need some tackle depth, but I don't think they needed this whole offensive line overhaul that everyone's talking about. To me, they were the best team in the NFL for most of the season until injury struck. Big move. Offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia mm-hmm. comes back out of retirement. He was the line coach for them when they were in their heyday. Uh, Jonathan Cooper could be a nice value find. Jonathan Cooper, the big thing, he was drafted as a top ten pick as a guard. He broke his leg. And he hasn't necessarily played up to potential since being hurt. Maybe they're able to get him back to health. Maybe he gets his confidence back and he plays to the level that everyone projected him to play at when he entered, entered the league. If that happens, then it's a great move. My issues with the Patriots never stems from their offense. Their offense is always going to score around 30 points a game. They're always going to give them a chance. The big thing is defensively, when you need them to get stops, when it matters, are they going to be good enough on defense? We saw them remove Darrell Revis, and Malcolm Butler played pretty well. He ends up playing at a Pro Bowl level. He He's fine, but I still worry about the rest of the team. You lose Jared Mayo, some of those other guys. Who are going to be the blue-chip guys that kind of carry them through, and how long can they depend on the likes of Rob Ninkovich and some of those older players to kind of hold it for Let me ask you this, Bucky. I know Dominic Easley got injured late in the year, and Malcolm Brown really came on. If those two guys, they could emerge as playmakers there at defensive tackle. They, they could because Malcolm Brown was playing on the other side of the line. He was a disruptive player in the, on the inside. The big thing for the Patriots is Jabal Shearer could give them pass rush presence. Chandler Jones was so athletic and good. And I understand – like, on paper, it makes sense because after you see Olivier Vernon get the kind of contract that he got, it's coming. It was coming down the pipeline, and we know that the Patriots aren't going to pay that kind of money. And so it makes sense. But in this draft, I don't know if there's a suitable replacement to give them what Chandler Jones Well, as a, speaking of suitable replacements, you can pretty much pencil in the Patriots as the AFC favorite for the last, uh, I don't know, half dozen years at least. Um, or, or you at least wouldn't look crazy for doing that. It really did look like as of a week ago that the Steelers were the favorite. It, it looked like things were coming together. The defense, but this Martavis Bryant, how bad is it? Do you think, Wes? They here's what I know from crunching the numbers. They score thirty points per game or more in fifty percent of games with Martavis Bryant, and twenty five percent of games without him. To me, that's pretty significant. They averaged 29 points per game with him and 22 without him. He's dynamic, and he might be a bit of – he might have some issues off the field, but he is a dynamic, dynamic talent. You could argue he's more talented than Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no argument in, from, in terms of a pure talent 
perspective where you're talking about athleticism and those things. He's more athletic. He's more explosive as an athlete than Antonio Brown. Not quite as refined. It is a huge loss. The good thing for the Steelers, you go into the season knowing that you have to fill that void. You have to find someone that can take the top off the defense, that can play that role. Now, do you have that Shouldn't guy? that guy have been? Or, you know, I didn't make a case quickly enough, but shouldn't Mike Wallace have been a consideration for that? No, no, no. That I, ship, I, that I ship, don't, don't think so. That ship is so. Talking about bringing him back? Yeah. No. What what, I, what, I, I what, you, what have you seen out of Mike Wallace that makes you think that he would be better than Sammy Coates or even Darius Hayward Bay? I would disregard his stops in Miami and Minnesota and just remember what he did in Pittsburgh and say, hey, a Long listen. time ago. That's like dog years. How many years? Three, four years? I mean, that's a long time ago since he was – but if you're asking him to be a one-dimensional guy, take the top always, off the defense, he can yeah, do but that. You, for yeah, him. you can get a younger. Cheaper you're right, though. DHB can do that. Sammy Coates. You can get a, you can get a younger. You can younger, cheaper replacement. You know, if Sammy Coates can catch the the rock, I mean, he could jump in there. He's not as talented as Martavis Brown, but he's certainly big and fast. He can Curious about this, then, as we are now fully in the draft season. How did Martavis Bryant fall to the fourth round? Was it because there was were, were there whispers that maybe this was the issue? Because I recall when he was drafted that it was that he had uh, a case of the dropsies sometimes? Uh, a little bit of both. He had a case of the dropsies, and then some of the character stuff that has been revealed recently, those are, are issues. A lot of times when people drop, there's something behind it. And sometimes you can get ahead of it. Sometimes you can get to get late, and he doesn't have any more issues. Tyron Matthew was a guy that if we had to reshuffle the deck and go to that draft, he would have been a first-round talent. He was a first-round player on tape. He had issues that led him to be a guy that was taken in the third round. Sometimes you hit on those guys. There are a couple of guys in this draft that we'll talk about that have issues, and you have to weigh the reward versus the risk. Is it worth taking a guy like a Robert Kimdichie, who is as talented as a Darnell Dockett? Do you take him early, knowing that he has some stuff off the field that could hinder you? I just think you have to be careful when you're evaluating those guys and know that sometimes it's a ticking time bomb, and eventually it's going to blow. How much uh, did Dak Prescott hurt himself with his uh, his trouble last week? Man, I tell young prospects all the time, leading up to the draft, from the time you get to January through the draft, keep your nose clean. Stay out of trouble. Don't put yourself in a position where your character can jump in the question. Dak Prescott now has probably cost himself uh, some money in draft position. But has he, that. though? Because Shane yes. Ray now fell to the Broncos, and now they benefit from everybody wringing their hands in the short term right at, you know, right around the draft and everything. And so he knocked himself down. But, that you know, that loss to the rest of the league is the Broncos' gain, right, Wes? So it is. It's a post-Johnny Manziel world now. Yeah. That Johnny thing scares people now because everyone was duped. I'll sit here and say that I was duped by it because I thought – I bought into the magic. I bought into being in the stadium when I watched him orchestrate his stuff against Duke. I bought into the stuff that he was saying and telling everybody when he came through uh, the building, when he was interviewing with people and listening to my friends who talked about him interviewing well. And so when you see that and you take a chance on that and you see that kind of blow up in people's faces, you're reluctant to kind of stick your hand out there. You have to have a strong system, a strong support system to take on a character guy. And you can take on one or two. But you can't take on a team full of those guys because when it goes bad, it blows up. Doesn't this – because he plays quarterback, it's more of a big deal? <laughs> a yeah, that's, like, a, that's it, what it, I – I mean, it, I, some, I get holding QBs that, yeah, to a higher standard. Yeah, some people, some people will say you hold them to a higher standard. I think the big thing for Dak, um, the proximity to the draft, knowing that so much stuff is on the line for you to get behind the wheel of a car – inebriated and do what you do, not only just the dangers of doing that, but to do it knowing 
I'm a month away from the draft. Everyone is looking at me. There's some buzz behind my name. People are maybe envisioning me possibly being the face of the franchise. I'm going to get in here and risk all of that. And so it just – not so much him drinking or whatever. That's kind of secondary. It's more so the decision-making, the judgment. Gotcha, yeah. This is a guy that could be the face of my franchise. Can I trust him to be the face of my franchise when he makes those kind of decisions? I predict, by the way, fellas, Martavis Bryant never wears the Steelers uniform again. Wow. They, I mean, they kind of have a little track record of that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, San what? Antonio Holmes? Yeah, San Antonio Holmes. Uh, they, they, you know, is, the, it was. Did they trade him or his contract lapsed? They no, no, no. Him they, they, they got rid of him. Yeah, it was the same summer as Roethlisberger was in his. But I also day. think he has some infighting in the locker room. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think Martavis is a guy that is not well liked or he doesn't get along with his teammates. I think the San Antonio Holmes thing was a little different. Yeah, but don't forget. Roethlisberger, what was that, December when he challenged Martavis to – Yeah, but that's, I don't think that's anything. I mean, I, I don't – Come on. Think, Ben's been begging for a six-foot-four receiver for a decade now. Since can't give Plax. Him. Yeah. Well, he just got one from Southern California. His name's Ladarius Green. So, all of a sudden, he's go. got that guy, and maybe that guy is uh, going to end up being the salvation that uh, – He is fast. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But, uh, you know, as Dan Hanzu said on our last podcast here, you can go back and listen to that one. He says that let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. It's not like Ladarius Green has proven himself to be a stud yet at the in the NFL. The assumption that he's definitely going to be a big time star in that he, offense. He proved it to me last year. Watch, yeah. watch the tape. Yes, flashes. I I love it, but I but, but I they, guess maybe they we flash. Should. They can do it. That's a matter. Can mm. you get them to do it consistently? But also, it's understanding what is he? What what is he? Because Jesse James, that's the name, right? Jesse yep. James, tight end, Penn mm-hmm. State. Yep. He can do all the dirty work. He can do all the stuff where he has to get his nose dirty, whatever. Right. Green can sit out there and post up and look like Jordan Reed. And everyone wants a Jordan Reed-type playmaker in that spread offense now. A guy that is listed as your tight end, but when he comes in, he's really an oversized wide receiver. That's what Green is. And so for the defense, you have to make a decision. Am I playing nickel or am I playing base against that? Because that guy creates problems. Green can create problems. So even without – Martavis Bryant with Antonio Brown and Marcus Wheaton and some of the other guys and Lev Bell coming back, who is going to match up with that guy? What are you going to play? Because if you play nickel, they're going to give you a steady dose of 26. So it puts the defense in a box. I mean, you know, everybody knows it, but at some point it slides into rhetoric and you and you start lose sight of the reality of, of things. But really, what if Bell is healthy and Antonio Brown is healthy and Seven is healthy? If they could just get that – for one season, what might happen? It'd be nice, but if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm drafting another running back. I'm drafting a running back. I'm seeing if I, I can find yep. a guy that is a Lev Bell clone, a big body well, back. Well, because 26 is probably gone after this year. Well, I don't know about him being necessarily They gone. want to keep him, certainly. Yeah, but. I'm not worried about him being gone, but I want to be able to run my offense when he's not there. What they were able to get from D'Angelo Williams, terrific, but you can't count on him doing that again at his age. Finding a young back, a guy that's dynamic. Think about – Alabama has a guy named Kenan, Kenyon Drake. Yep. Kenyon Drake can catch the ball out the backfield, can run. Uh, it was probably underutilized. Alabama has some durability issues. But if you can get a guy that can run and do some of the stuff that Lev Bell does in the passing game, now if Bell is out, it doesn't matter. We still can run our offense. Before we move on real quick, Buck, we were talking just before we got going here, the other team that you're intrigued by in the AFC, and a lot of other people are too, Talk about the Houston Texans. Where are they right now? How good are they? Are they a division contender? Well, I guess they just won the division, so you're not going to knock them down from that. But are they a Super Bowl contender? I'm writing about them right now. And in looking at all this stuff last night and 
the past few days thinking about Osweiler because I still feel like Osweiler is crazy to me that Osweiler is getting paid eighteen point five million dollars <laughs> to be. Well, how what, how did you regard him coming out? Where, where I mean, he is what him? he is. Like when I say this, and and people like I want he's only started twenty two games since he left high school. That's fine. Oh, okay. 20, since high school. I'm since sorry. high school. 22 games. He played one season at Arizona Isn't that State. good, though? Isn't that sort of like, can't no. I apply? Can't I apply? Can't I apply <laughs> the Akeem Olajuwon effect here that, wow, that guy just started playing. He's just going to keep getting better and better later in life than than most guys who've been playing it since they the were. quarterback has proven that most guys that come into the league with 30 or more collegiate stars end up doing better. Hasn't hurt Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I so, like to have fun. I know, I know. So, so no, so, so the thing that you have to understand with Osweiler is there going, there's going to be a significant learning curve. Does he fit well in Bill O'Brien's system? Absolutely. He's a guy that can stand in the pocket. He can deliver from the shotgun. He can throw the ball down the field. He is really good in the quick rhythm passing game. They're fine. The thing that they've done to help him, adding Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller was one of my favorites when he came out in the draft a couple years ago. I think this guy's terrific. He has not had enough touches. If he was my running back, he would get at least 20 to 25 touches a game because he's lightning in a bottle. In that offense, when you spread the field and you give him the ball on draws, delays, inside zones, powers, he can hit the home run. He also can catch in the screen game. What I like about Bill O'Brien and what he can do, and he hadn't done it with the Houston Texans yet, let's go empty and put the – running back outside, and use him as a receiver. He tried to do that a little bit with Aaron Foster. Aaron Foster popped his Achilles. Now you have a guy that is scary on the perimeter. He could be a guy that I think about being a guy that puts up a lot of numbers. Funny we Arian Foster's name has not been floated a great deal, although I guess it's not Older that. running back. Yeah. He's it, waiting. Teams are waiting. He's one of those guys that you can't kinda, even run right now. Yeah, you just kind of check in with and right before camp or when the season is about to get underway. When guys, you know, at a position that is at a premium these days, how come we haven't heard Brandon Carr? I know that's a random name to throw out, but how come hey, Brandon Carr just hey, used up? At corner? Yeah. Oh no! I mean, he's just done. I, he was I, their best. He was their best uh, cover corner two years ago when they had a good season. It's just over for him. I I think the expectations. The expectation when you get a, a number one corner, you pay him what they paid him. You expect a lot. You expect a lot of production. You expect this guy to be able to blanket top guys without assistance from safeties. And I can't confidently say that anyone. He doesn't have to be a number team. one anymore. That's what I'm saying. He, he doesn't. Can. But don't, we can find those guys because you wait until now. Like right now, where free agency is. You kind of reach a holding pattern. After that first week and all the dust is cleared now, we're – okay, we'll we'll talk to you, but let's see what happens in the draft. Let's see if we can get our guy in the draft. If we can't get our guy, you can be the first one we call. So that's where teams are kind of at right now. I don't know why. He's just been floating around in my Brandon head. There are certain Carr. guys that that's, I – well, there name. are certain guys I – well, because <laughs> I circled certain guys that are going to be value guys who would probably slide to where we are right now, and now they're out there. Now I'm intrigued to see where they land because I, I, a guy like Brandon Carr could be a difference maker. Isn't he still in the Cowboys roster? No, didn't they? I, they cut him. Uh, I thought they cut him. Did yeah, they? he's a free agent a, a, now. A difference maker? I don't mean he is going to you be You said it. That's, not, that's your quote. That's a quote. Right. Dave said Brandon Carr is a difference maker. I mean that if you – yeah, you need you need to put the three uh, corners out on the field these days, right? Difference for, maker. For the record, still on the Cowboys roster. All right. So cut that all – cut, <laughs> cut all that out like it never happened. The point is I find that – all right, we took uh-huh. about a month and we got into some combine stuff – or I'm sorry, combined stuff and um, – <laughs> It was well, pr- properly pronounced combined, I get, I get. but uh, but the you know all of a sudden now 
a week or so of, of free agency has has done the trick for me. I'm ready for the season to start now. I'm excited. This you're, is the, you're always ready. I can't wait. Are the Colts going to come back with Andrew Luck? Are they going to be relevant once again? Who's going to be the Jets QB, and can they repeat what they did last year and get to the next level? What about Rex and Rob Ryan in Buffalo? Fascinating stuff there. Or will the Patriots hold them off yet again? Oh, I like the, the Bengals. What about what the Ravens have de- been doing in free agency here? Is this is is 2015 just going to be a year that they get a mulligan and 2016 they get back to form? It's a very fascinating AFC all of a sudden. Fascinating AFC. What about yeah? I mean, we could talk about the AFC. We could talk about the NFC too. But real quick, the reason I wanted Bucky and Wes here is because Bucky, you played with a lot of the guys at NFL.com. Um, I this week have devoted uh, my time to um, ranking by the decade in the Super Bowl era the ten best quarterbacks. We started back in. Uh, January of 1976, we ranked the top 10 quarterbacks as of that moment. Then we jumped ahead 10 years. That's the one that got a lot of heat, especially from one Chris Wessling, because I ranked as of January 1986, Terry Bradshaw as the best quarterback of the Super Bowl era. That's right, Bucky. Give me a stink eye all you want. <laughs> the best quarterback. The be- As of Super Bowl 20. Yes. The best quarterback. He had four rings. The next can best we, had two. Oh, we ring collected. Uh, can we, can we get some stats about what he did in those games? Can in we, those games? Oh, in I mean, those was, games? Is I that mean, what you want? That's of, we, of the, that's not going to see. That's not. You're era? not. That's not a winning angle to take there, Bucky. Of the era. I mean, quarterback of we, that era who elevated his when, game okay, in so, the big so, game. So Terry so, Bradshaw. No, so, that's so, it. So you're going to tell me that the Pittsburgh Steelers are defined by Terry Bradshaw and not. More than the narrative would have you believe and at the very the least. And the, the idea game. that he was care. Listen, here's the thing that's a really uh, – uh, 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 it's, it's, it's – It's what? It's no I'm different. I'm amused by the way certain guys get benefit of the doubt that other guys don't get. It's, it's really very weird that somehow it's easy to fall back on, oh, that defense carried him and the running game carried him. It's nobody, just not so after – Nobody said it not, carried it, him. Right, but it's not but, It's not so that he was a passenger on the ride a la Peyton or Bob Greasy when those teams think, were winning think, in the early I 70s. Think, I would think they're all in the same conversation. But they're not, though. I, I mean, think, the, the, it I just think, doesn't – reality think, doesn't agree with it. I think Peyton, Bob Greasy, all those other guys, I think they're in the same – I think Bob Greasy and Terry Brescher are in the same conversation. Oh, come on. That, I mean, that, I, mean that's, I do. You're you're old enough that you watched I do. I, those I, two I did. guys play. I did. They're I not think comparable they're, players I think in the conversation. I think when you look at the teams, I think the teams are built similarly. You think about the Dolphins and Zonka and Kick and Mercury Morris and all that, and then I have Rocky Blyer. You're and working Franco off Harris of memory, Bucky. I'm working but, off reality. But that's, what, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like it's the same. Then you go to what? the defense. Tell me, give me one game that you remember, Bob Greasy. Stealing for his team, and by the way, you know, does he have to steal? I the th- Monday I night football game versus Oilers with Howard Cosell going crazy over Bob Greasy. <laughs> I think the only thing he has to do is be a bus driver, just lead the team to the winner's circle. But that's you know, let me just uh, I'll throw so, one. So, game. so if we're saying that, I'm saying if we're gonna if you're gonna cherry pick games, let me cherry pick what ranks probably in the top ten most seminal games of the Super Bowl era, maybe even. Top three or four. Well, Super Bowl thirteen against the Dallas Cowboys. Whoever emerged victorious from that one would go down as the greatest team of the 70s, nay, 
of the Super Bowl era, at least as of that time. The mighty steel curtain defense allowed 31 points to the Cowboys. Does that sound like they, the Bradshaw and company were just hanging on while the defense did all the dirty work? 31 they allowed. Bradshaw threw four touchdown passes in that game. Everybody has a game. That's one game. It's one Can game. We, it's one game, though. It's one game. But it was the Super Bowl. Don't, we agree game. that the it's Super Bowl is more important than a game, game in, in October. Game. I beseech you. Please, can we use all the data at our disposal? Please. Not I, just I encourage you not just it. Super Bowl rings. Okay, but the data at our disposal, which includes game film, That's which fine. includes stats, which includes Terry Bradshaw being one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the history of, the NFL. of, of all time. Right, right, of all time. How can he be number one at the of job, all time? The job's most important <laughs> qualification, which is what. Accuracy. Why? Wait, wait, wait. When did when did we decide that's the number one requirement? All coaches would tell you two things. Oh matter. no, I know coaches would all tell you that. I know because coaches Accuracy. are control freaks. Of course, coaches want their system executed the way they want it executed. But I know, and you guys <laughs> both, or you guys know, I love the gunslinger. I like a gunslinger. Oh, I love the gunslinger. Oh, too. That's far. my stallback is way better than Bradshaw. He's a gunslinger too. Oh, Look at the, the but the numbers close. don't bear Thank that you. out. It's not even close. Of course they do. It's not, not even close. close. It's not even close. All right, explain it to me. Why am I crazy? Why am I crazy? Man, have, you, about have you seen all those Alcoa can't wait commercial like those, those things <laughs> in the middle yeah, of the game? A, that has nothing that? to do with that. What are you talking about? How many times Roger would bring the Cowboys back? I'm the one who goes with his gut, not you, Bucky. Give me some analysis, Roger. Oh, right. Roger did a lot of stuff on the Alcoa presents the fantastic finish. Fantastic finish, yes. Yeah, I remember fantastic. I never finish. remember seeing Terry Bradshaw on one of those ever. I mean, I don't know why. Because, because the defense was always this up. is where the defense always put them up. This is how the more serious-minded colleagues are gonna are gonna undo my work. Is, I mean, to, is to refer to fantastic finishes. Does he have any fourth-quarter comebacks, game-winning drives? Do we have any anything that? Oh we can, yeah. Well, let me think. Let me think of like. Let me besides, think of like. Let me think if I can come besides up. Besides that one. bogus, that how bogus many? immaculate reception. That was not a catch. How about – well, let me see if I can come How up with one. How many times? Oh, Super Bowl fourteen. when he – he doesn't just – he doesn't just turn uh, a deficit Who's into – Who's What? Who's that against? Super Bowl fourteen. Who's that against? Who is that? What are you talking about? Now – so, wait, the opponent, the L.A. Rams weren't worthy enough for me to hold that one up. You just said, did he ever pull off a fourth-quarter comeback? How, here's what I love. How, how many guys? I was just asking who was how, in the game. Let me just say. So that's when they threw the bomb over. Can I say something to Nolan, you, please? Nolan Cromwell said. That's right. That's, that's Not Nolan point. Cromwell. Rod Perry. But yes. <laughs> no, Nolan Cromwell was on the deep play. He was on there. No, no. It was uh, Rod Perry who almost knocked it down, but he didn't. And listen, how many guys? You want to say how many guys have you seen this? When have you seen this guy do that? How many guys in history of all these legendary quarterbacks in history can you recall not just leading a fourth quarter comeback, but uncorking the deep ball in the fourth quarter of Super Bowls. Who has the guts to do that and connect and the skill to connect on those? Your entire argument is based on nothing but Super Bowls. Once again, I beseech you to use all the data while we're asking how many. Because we said right. of the era, we didn't say the best in game. How many times was Roger Staubach right? benched for Terry Hanratty and Joe Willie Gilliam? Because Bradshaw was benched over and over again for those two over guys. End up, up and through 74. He's got like a four-year window not, when he was good. Didn't Hollywood Henderson say that he couldn't spell cat without CNA? Let me – <laughs> oh well, well that's did Hollywood Henderson say that he did say that. Well, how's that? I was just making sure we were talking about the same guy. I know guy. the guy who couldn't sure spell. We're talking about the same guy. The guy who couldn't spell cat. Uh, <laughs> if you spotted him, the C and the A, according to Hollywood Henderson, apparently was bright enough to call his own plays in the huddle. 
I mean, they're, they're, everybody no, called their own plays in the huddle. I know, but everybody, everybody loves did during that, during that era. Everyone did that. I know, but everybody loves to everybody swoon. Everybody did that. All right, but everybody loves to swoon over the guys that can do that. This is what Terry Bradshaw Jim Hart called his own plays. Okay, listen, I'm telling you. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying. Wes, I want to hear your argument, but before you give it, I, w- I want to point out this. The idea, this, this absolutism about – the rings don't matter. Like, the rings must matter on some level. Of course they level. do. They're part of the equation. They're right. part of the data that we're using. I didn't say that they're that – You're they're- acting like the regular season means nothing ever. ever. The first couple of rounds of the playoffs don't mean anything. It's all about what you do in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. And meanwhile, his it, defense does it matter him that- to the Super Bowl. Does it matter that he played his best in those Of Super course Bowl. it does. That's part of the f- decision. But it doesn't trump I mean, every- have, It doesn't entire season off, like you should be able to play – one game. I mean, the defense carries them. Those it doesn't trump having a 38 oh, completion rate, a 30.4 passer rate, and a 6-24 to 24 TD to interception What year rate. are you looking at? That's his rookie Early year. 70s? He's got plenty of these. Look at these. He can barely get above 50% completions. Do you are, – uh, is the contention that the Steelers would have won 4-6 and six with Bob Greasy? Yes. I mean that 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 well that's yes. really what it comes. That talk about cherry picking. West just cherry picked his rookie season. And by the way, those numbers there are sound, plenty more seasons. Those like numbers that. sound way way worse to a 21 year old kid listening joke. right now I mean, who doesn't understand the difference. Of, that, I mean, they're generational differences. I understand so that those a, were bad numbers. He's, he's number even one. in the era. Terry Bradshaw's number one. Number one what? He, he was your number one quarterback as of as of Super 86. Bowl 20. What about Joe Namath? Joe Namath's in the in my rankings there. Where do I have him? I have Namath as of twenty. I don't know. I don't remember where I have him, but he's on the list. He, Let's he jump should, ahead. Be ahead of him. Let's jump to modern times because uh, my defense of Terry Bradshaw um, is maybe a uh, a channel changer for the youngsters out there. Although <laughs> I will say. It's going to be a channel changer for me. Yeah. I, I mean, because this, this thing crazy. that when people want to, when curmudgeons want to argue with me about the ring count, they put themselves into this position as though the rings have nothing to do with anything. When, as you as you may note, the NFL season each year finishes with a postseason. Why don't you just. And then they award a Lombardi. When people say, well, why does that matter? Why does that matter? What do you mean, what does it matter? The whole point of the can season, I make, the whole year of, of the thing is to win the t- championship. Suggestion, just eliminate the whole rankings thing and just list, like, total rings won by quarterbacks, no. and that gets rid of everything. That, that, I understand. That's what you're doing! I understand the snark. All we're doing is counting rings! That's not true <laughs> at all. It is! It's absolutely true! Is it? it I mean, you are, you are ring counting. Are you? You're, that, you're right, I'm ring counting to, to a degree. So just list the rings won by quarterbacks. No. No, no. I am Jim making Punk is the second-best quarterback of all time. I am making it a major factor that if you win in the postseason that you deserve to be elevated as a result. Yes, that is a factor. You guys are saying, nope, more important is accuracy. So Steve Young's the greatest of all I remember, time. I remember reading on this website a couple years ago all the people who had Eli Manning ranked as a better quarterback than Peyton because he had more rings. It was as stupid then as it is now, <laughs> and it's insane. Uh, listen, I, that th- there is nuance within that. See what you're right, doing. But you're is, not allowing for nuance. No, you're not you're allowing, not allowing. For the fact that Terry Bradshaw was an sir. inaccurate quarterback, you, and he was carried by a great defense. You, sir, are not allowing for nuance. I am not saying that the rings are the only thing that matters. Terry Bradshaw is a worthy Hall of Famer. 
He's not a worthy best quarterback of the first 20 years of the Super Bowl era. You know what? I really do think. I think you're a prisoner of 21st century thinking, which requires that a guy is completing at minimum 60% of his ball. Not at all. I think Terry Bradshaw was a fine quarterback. I I think he, he brought more to the table than Bob Greasy as far as playmaking ability. Bob Greasy did some things better than Terry Bradshaw, though, too. Wore glasses, popularized being a four eyes under center. That's what he did better than Terry Bradshaw. All right. Touche. Let's jump ahead to Super Bowl 50 now, a.k.a. the here and now. My rankings go as such, and let me know what you think about these. Tom Brady, number one. Montana, two. Let's stop right there. Why do you put Montana ahead of Brady, Buck? The rings. <laughs> He's undefeated. Don't be a weirdo. He's they, undefeated. Why is it he's better to lose? <laughs> he's undefeated. Why is it better to lose in the divisional round than the Super Bowl? <laughs> See, I, you you want to you want to put this stink on me. You want to you want to treat me like I'm a, you want to treat me like I'm an eight year old. But it does. Well, first of all, Tom Brady, if it weren't for a couple of very fluky things against the Giants, could be six for six in the big game. So, but so so that. But why do you have Montana? Because he because he's clean. He never threw an INT in a Super Bowl. Clean, just just the eyeball test. Like, the way he played the game, the way he was so p- precise. You played balls. against him? No, not that old. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He retired in the early 90s. You get drafted in, what, 93? I, I never played against him. I did see him. Nah, I, I got drafted in 94. He was still playing. He played in Kansas City before I got there. Would Montana thrive right now? Well, the way the rules are, yeah, the way they open up the field, the way they let him dink and dunk. They were, if he was in the right offense, would they allowed him to dink and dunk? Even if he played in the West Coast offense. He what could. about the Jerry Rice factor? I like to, you know, I diminish Peyton Manning because mm. as opposed to well, – I'll read him real quick. Isn't Brady, the Bill Walsh factor more important than the Jerry Rice factor? Yeah. I Bill think, Walsh turned every quarterback he had into a monster. That's true. Well, I mean – Dan Fouts, Ken Anderson. I mean, he turned all these guys – yeah. So, all right. So, so is that? So then, do, is it fair to then knock down Montana a peg there? I think versus Brady. Brady has had, you know, Randy Moss. That was a, a brief window that he had with Moss. He has uh, Gronk now, who's the best tight end of all time. Still, though, what guy? You know, we I, I elevate Elway and Marino especially for carrying some really bum roster. That's fair. Deep into the postseason again and again. Can I tell you what I think what separates Brady from But Brady's done that too. Look at what Brady's done from age 32 to 39. Joe Montana was basically done by age 32 as a difference-making quarterback, was benched for Steve Young. Since the age of 32, Tom Brady's been phenomenal. He's been an MVP candidate every single year. To me, that's what separates him. Every year they're in their conference title game with him leading the way. And and for Montana to do it like eight or nine years, that's fine. Brady did it for 15 going on. He he might do it for 19. I, I, you know, I agree. And it's almost hard to categorize the Patriots as a dynasty because dynasty indicates – I mean, it's a name brand that has. What's better than a dynasty? Because that's what the Patriots are. Well, they're di- they're something different. But yeah, I mean, you know, given the results, yeah. But the only constants in this uh, in this run for the Patriots in the 21st century are Kraft, Belichick, and Brady. Brady. Everything else yep. is uh, is come and gone along the way. I have a hard time calling that dynasty because uh, don't you saying. think about it, it? It has to do with uh, more principal parties. Are Buffalo Bills a dynasty? I, you know, I put Jim Kelly as of Super Bowl 40 in there. 
um, for exactly that reason. I mean, the, to get the four straight Super Bowls um, the way they did. And, of course, you know, of course, to, you, you don't like Jim Kelly. I'm I'm never going to forgive him and uh, <laughs> for stealing the stealing the Bengals no huddle and trying to call it the K-Gun and taking all of the credit for it. Come on, Marv Levy. You complained about the Bengals. You brought them to the league office, and then you stole their offense and took all the credit for it. I will say this. Going, going there. In I agree with you. Sam Weish doesn't get the credit in history. He doesn't, he doesn't get the credit for it. I, I will say going there in 94, which was on the heels of the four straight Super Bowls, uh, they talked about Ted Marchabroda because Ted Marchabroda was the guy to kind of put that offense in for them. Um, that offense is kind of funny because it's the same offense that Tom Moore was using for years and years with the Indianapolis Colts or whatever. But uh, Ted Marchabroda, if – it, I was amazed at the simplicity of that offense when I stepped in and how simple it was and how they were able to use tempo to really force people to play a simple defense. But isn't that the result of personnel? If you have Thurman Thomas in there, James uh, I think it's the, I think it's the perfect storm. I think it was the perfect storm in terms of a simple scheme, uh, the tempo forcing the defense to play a very vanilla look. You had a quarterback who could call plays and understood how to kind of get it going. Then you had – the perfect running back for the system, the perfect backup in Cotton, Kenny Davis. You had Andre Reed, who was maybe the best slot receiver of that time. You had James Lofton on the outside. I mean, they, they had all the pieces in place. And so, yes, they did swipe the use of tempo from Weish and those guys. But that offense was very, very different than what that West Coast system that Boomer Esiason and those other guys were running. Or, I like or that West. Ohio. See, see Wes, it's very interesting. Wes, Ohio River offense. West likes to be – likes likes to keep – keeps the emotion at arm's length most of the time. <laughs> He's very cool you and calculated. You get fired up. <laughs> he gets – but, but then all of a sudden I mentioned Jim Kelly – and oh, I don't root for the Bengals anymore. They Bengals hurt me too many times. But all of a sudden, I bring up Jim Kelly, and look at what comes up. Like oh, a little bit of a little black and orange uh, faithful. I there. will always have a fondness for the '70s and '80s Bengals, but they are dead to me now. They're dead to you now. <laughs> they have been dead to me since 1997 and 98 when they cut Lee Johnson for telling them everything that was wrong about the organization. <laughs> the left footer, right? Lee Johnson. Yeah, he was he was a good man. Um, he is a good man. I go Elway at three because of what I already said there. I mean, yeah, same thing you could say about Marino. My goodness. Sammy Winder, Vance Johnson, Steve Watson, Mark Jackson. This was his team, and he got these teams to three Super Bowls. As I write on NFL.com, forget the two uh, Super Bowl rings in the twilight. Everybody wants to, oh, he only got those. Yeah, I agree. He only got those because uh, of the defense in Terrell Davis. Scratch those out, just as I say scratch out Super Bowl nine off of Bradshaw's resume. I'm looking at, at what, what uh, Elway did with an absolute bum roster is remarkable stuff, and I don't think we give him enough credit for that. At number four, I go Rodgers, then Favre, Marino, Peyton, Roethlisberger, Bradshaw, Breeze, Bucky, I see you wrinkle your brow at the man <laughs> at number eight there. Why do you wrinkle a brow at Roethlisberger? I mean, Go ahead, go say you speak your piece. Do you not? You're not upset about Rodgers at number four as of right now, the fourth best of the Super Bowl era. Let's stop there, real quick. I got no problem with it. That's uh, all right, right? I'm, I'm fine. Peyton Manning, I'm fine. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers, another Roth- guy. Roethlisberger. A lot of these names, it's interesting. It's Montana had the benefit of Walsh and some and some real talent around him. Elway didn't. 
Brady has had some I've, and has had I've, and okay, hasn't had some. Aaron Rodgers is another guy who doesn't get credit for elevating guys. Right, he won that Super Bowl. He won in forty-five. Mm-hmm. He was behind an atrocious offensive line. Same credit I give to Ben Roethlisberger about his most recent Super Bowl. That was yeah, a terrible the, offensive. The only line. thing I, I have, and those guys can overcome I'm, that. I'm taking, Brady can't. Peyton can't. I'm taking Drew Brees over Big Ben. I'm taking Steve Young over both of them. Explain yourself, Honestly. because I'll tell you, it's funny you say that. Because as I was working on That's this, I asked only, I asked a couple of smart fellas that we work with, Alex Gelhar and Jim Reinking, and they both said that they would take Breeze over Young. I I, I really uh, really sweated over that one more than. Well, anything. I'm saying Breeze over Roethlisberger because I think how many five thousand yard seasons does he have? Like at the time that was kinda of like one of the holy marks and he surpassed it maybe four or five times. I look at how you beat me up for, for ring counting. You're counting numbers now. Now you're I just mean, swooning over numbers. A significant accomplishment. It's very good. That's why he made he made my list. He's one of and the ten best of, of the last half century. That's pretty good stuff. I'm just trying to figure out what separates Big Ben like why Big Ben gets denied over him. I think you know what, the, what the difference is. He's a Where's Roger Staubach on this list? Well, he fell off. There was a. There was a. There was ben a, Roethlisberger's better than Terry Bradshaw. Come on, Bradshaw's ahead of of Staubach. Listen, rare is the opportunity for two guys to go head to head twice the way Staubach and Bradshaw did. <laughs> Staubach and Steve Young should be in the top ten. I came very close to both those guys being there, and I almost knocked Breeze out. And I'll, you know. Frankly, I put Breeze in there for a little bit of currency. I felt like that we have been talking up Staw back quite a bit and uh, and Steve Young on the on the Super Bowl 30 and the Super Bowl 20 lists. So I thought we had to honor Drew Breeze for what he's done because of those numbers. They're hard you to argue. You had to with. honor Big Ben, too. And I am a huge Big Ben fan. Yes, I did have to put Big Ben on this list. He In 12 years in the NFL, he's played in three of the Super Bowls. That's one quarter of the Super Bowls available to him. Super Bowl counting. There we go again. Oh, well, that's I know that's crazy. That's a, I know that's outlandish stuff. That, I mean, that the saying, reason that the season exists. There, there what does the regular again. season exist Dick for? Dick LeBeau has the number one defense every year for a decade, <laughs> and Big again. Ben gets to the Super Bowl. There we go. Uh, somehow that's not a factor whatsoever. I mean, it's not a factor It's not I mean, a factor. I mean, you don't factor that in at all. It's just how many times did he appear in the Super Bowl? Three, three Super Bowl. The first one. Let, let's look at it this way. Who's the great? Who's the best quarterback in history to not get to a Super Bowl? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Think well. Think about it. It's relevant. I don't know. Otto Graham. No, come on. Well, who, who, who have you seen that you said? Now that guy, it's amazing. He never even got to a Super Bowl. Marino's the guy who never won one. That that everybody says. Well, you know that that's that's the knock on his resume. Who's the best to not get there? I ask that for a reason. Tony Romo, Philip Rivers, maybe Tony Romo, maybe, Tony. maybe Phil Rivers, maybe Dan Fouts. Those would be. I'd those, say Fouts. Yeah, Fouts. I would go with Fouts. Fouts, another one. Bill Walsh, Tudor. Fouts. I would say Fouts. Do you put any of those three guys in this conversation? No. Why not? Because of their lack of appearances in a Super Bowl. Not really. It is, uh, it is absolutely really relevant I don't, whether or not they I get – is it a fluke? I mean, listen, you can get to a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson got to a Super Bowl and won one. Mm-hmm. The idea that Joe Eli Manning – Joe did. Right. That's Eli right. Manning did. That's right. You Trent can Gilbert get to did. Super Bowls. You don't – 
magically appear in the Super Bowl over and over again on flukes. I mean, the idea I'm not that- calling them flukes. I'm saying it's one part of the factor. But once again, you are totally dismissing Dick LeBeau's defenses in this equation. Absolutely not. I, uh, uh, not I, I'm not dismissing that any more than I am. Tom Brady's first three Super Bowls happened to be played when he had some high-end defenses going yeah, but in his way. he's got 14 more years of, of excellence. Joe Montana, Joe Montana, the, go ahead and look this up. When the 49ers won Super Bowls, those defenses that nobody ever talks about were consistently top three defenses. They were great. Aaron Rodgers, now there are guys that are outliers to that. Elway, like I say, he overcame a lot of Aaron Rodgers, all you have to do is turn on the tape. I don't even, like, to me, I direct your attention to NFL Game Pass. That's all you need. (laughs) Agree. Agree. I've just had, there's never, I've never seen anything like Aaron Rodgers on the football field. And by the way, Today, or as of Friday, you'll be able to see on NFL.com, I project ahead to Super Bowl 60 and what that list might look like. <laughs> who do you think is going to jump up there? Bradshaw Speaking, back to number one. No. You know who I – you know what? Bradshaw probably isn't going to – no, I think he definitely doesn't make the list. But I'll tell you who I have on there. Talk about a guy who looks like nothing you've ever seen before. Cam. Cam, Cam Newton. Yeah, hey, we're going it, Cam. It, yeah, I can see that. Who else? Who else is going to – Rise up that list, uh, Russ. Jameis. He's not going to be top ten all time. You're going to want Marcus Mariota on that list. You think so? I, I am a huge Mariota fan. Ooh. I don't know about that. Ooh. Get off. Got that Joe Montana footwork. Ooh. Bucky doesn't like that at all. Joe Montana footwork. You don't think that's going to happen? Do you think he's a? I think he's a very good player. I think surrounded in the right system, supported by the right cast. Yes. Um. Would I go on a limb and say he's transcendent? I'm not quite sure because when I look at his game, I still see that they have kind of some of the uh, training wheels in place. This year and next year would be big to see how he continues to move away from what he was doing in college to playing the game a little more traditional. Even like Cam has had to kind of do. Cam has had to be able to show that he can play in a traditional way while still doing some of the things he did at Auburn. I'm not saying that Marcus can do it. I think that will be the thing that separates him from good to great when it comes to the context of this list. I'm trying to I, – I really want to – we need to have a list <laughs> that shows what uh, what's on this uh, – on the requirements to be considered here because it, it's, in, it's inescapable. Well, I mean – Is Mariota going to be a perennial playoff participant? I don't know what other measure really trumps that. You know, whether or not you – Breakthrough now. Once you get to the postseason, if your if your play diminishes in January, when the premise of your team is that you are the guy, and it, it and and you regress statistically and otherwise, then you have to be knocked down on a list like this. That's why I put Peyton down on this list a little bit, and people. It's will be one of the factors, that. right? It's one of the factors. I I, I just can't imagine what's more significant. In a game that exists, they don't just play the games and then announce, all right, at the end, like college football used to be, all right, the dust is settled. Let's now figure out who we've decided is the best. No, no. They play the they, uh, they, they play three rounds of conference uh, playoff games. Then they go and play the Super Bowl for a reason. I don't understand how you can sort of like dust that off. Like, yeah, it counts, but it, uh, his accuracy is more important to me. That's more important because it's not always the quarterback lifting it's, the team into the. Well, well, here's the, the whole. Thing. Here's the forty-five thing. guys on the team. We have made it where it's one and twenty-one. It's the quarterback 
and then the other 21 guys. No, you're getting very egalitarian. Maybe yeah. that could be true yeah. back in the late 60s like we, and 70s. We, we, Bob Greasy could just turn around and hand off, and he's the main man because he's handling the ball, so he gets a certain amount of uh, – of, uh, you know, no, but time saying, in the spotlight no, that, because he is we've, that, that we've guy. Made, we've made it. The fact that we are paying Kirk Cousins $20 million. But, Bucky, that doesn't no, 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 happen. If, be, that no, no, doesn't, no, no, they no, didn't listen, randomly listen. decide the no, no. circle quarterback and say, let's pay the, that position more. They deserve it. They do – it's, they, it's they not do a what? chicken they or do the what? egg debate. They, they do what? Like, what do He's they do? The like, what, what we're seeing – Much more what, so. What we're seeing in this league, we have – three or four quarterbacks that are up here mm-hmm. and everyone else is down below. But yet we continue to say that the quarterback is a quarterback driven league. It's a quarterback. This It's a quarterback that when in reality, there are three or four name brand quarterbacks and a bunch of guys. And the guys that are winning are the guys that are supported by the running game, the defense and all the auxiliary parts. And so what we have Here's the difference. is Let me, a one I agree with you. deal. I agree with you. I say it all the time. There's nothing less sexy when you're talking about what it requires to get to a Super Bowl than to say this. But what clearly is true in the last five years or so is if you have depth and talent on both sides of the line of scrimmage, those are the teams that consistently are getting there. But you know who's always in the mix? And those things ebb and flow, you know, with injuries and with drafting and free agency and everything else. The one thing that the teams that are consistently in the postseason are the ones that have those quarterbacks. The old quarterbacks. Old? I don't know about old. No, I no, mean, the, the, the old. Because okay, well, who would you say in our list of elite quarterbacks? What are the names in the elite in the elite circle? Right Until now? two years. No, 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 no. I'm talking about right now. No, no, right now. Tom Brady. Who, who, who are the elite guys? Tom Brady's one. Yes. Brady. Who else? Roethlisberger. Two. Rogers. Breeze. Breeze is. Probably don't. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is uh, so is he, heading in he, that direction. Is he is he is he behind the is he inside the velvet rope? He's on the outside. He's inside. He watch okay, his, so, watch his second half list. Okay, yeah. so so Russell. So are we saying Cam is? Oh, in Cam. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so what we're saying is the teams that are always in contention are the ones. But what we're about to have, like next year, we're going to have a thing where all the names kind of fall off. So we don't have Peyton. Rodgers is still in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Roethlisberger will be. But now we have a bunch of new names. I'm pessimistic and how about many- Roethlisberger. People who say, like, oh, he's got six more years by applying the Brady and Peyton measure. Yeah, they, those guys have a crap kicked out of them. He, yeah, he, right. can't, he, can't, he can't get he's got, he's got maybe. But he, he's playing differently, though. He's yeah, playing he's different. playing like them now. That's why I keep saying I want in the third round to hear with the third round pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. Cardell Jones, quarterback, <laughs> Ohio State. That's what I want to have happen. I've already put a call in to the powers that be up in uh, on the banks of the Three Rivers. Anyway, go ahead, Bucky. Finish no, I just I, I think it's interesting. As much as we talk about the quarterbacks and quarterbacks are demanding big dollars and we've always kind of fallen to the narrative about it being a quarterback-driven thing, are we going to get to the point where we finally take a look and step back and look like, wait a minute, are the quarterbacks really as important – or is it the other stuff around the guy that we play with? My response to that is this, and you know, it's it, it's a little uh, it, it it gets murky because it's like you just said, it's it's uh, the description you gave them, name brand quarterbacks. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are in fact the top five quarterbacks, but for what it's worth, and in fact, you and I were going back and forth on this on uh, Twitter a week or two ago, Buck. 
The name brand QBs have won all but three of the 21st Century Super Bowls. Now, you can say Peyton Manning was deficient in 2015. He obviously was, but they're, you know, for whatever mystique and, uh, you know, pre-snap reads and all that value that that contributed to the Broncos. So he got two of them. Roethlisberger got two of them. Rodgers has one. Russell Wilson has two. Brady has all the rest. And then you can fill in Flacco, Brad Johnson, and Trent Dilfer. And those become very sort of uh, fluky kinds of things when the you – exception. What's that? They're the exception that proves the rule. Right. So you do need that. So, so I'm losing your point. Well, there, look, Buck. you do need Buck's, to have Buck that. Bucky's right that we're at, a, we're at a flux right now. We'll see which way it goes. But – we start to see some of the big names fall off in 2015, but 2014, if you look at the divisional round, you got seven of the eight best quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Well, why are you nodding in agreement, Buck? No, no, it's, it's, that's right. It's I, true, but no, but I think it's I'm, the dollar thing that is affecting. No, I'm I'm saying this yeah in that context, and right. I because I think it's telling that John Elway, who's a quarterback, who's won a couple different ways, he did it when he had to do it all by himself. Mm-hmm. And then he won it when he had to have everything around it. I think it's telling when he balks at Brock Osweiler, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm not going to that level. I'm not going to that level to say that you are the man that when you walk in the locker room, you now have more currency than Von Miller, Aqib Tlaib, and all these other guys who are blue-chip guys. Hmm. I think it's telling when a quarterback who is an executive says, hold up, I understand that the quarterback needs to get – the way because it is a quarterback driven deal but I'm not going to put you way up on this pedestal when everyone else is there and you haven't necessarily so maybe the conclusion of this conversation and of trying to rank out quarterbacks over a 50-year stretch is is that the ebb and flow of the game like I said uh, you know 10-15 minutes ago it's a little unfair to anybody in the 70s to hold up completion percentages because compared to modern guys it's just the, the the game was very different the rules were different it was harder to complete 60 percent of your balls obviously 50 percent was perfectly acceptable back I, I hear what you're saying but you can turn on the game film game film and see that Terry Bradshaw was not an accurate quarterback get rid of the completion percentage that all you want I my contention is with somebody like that though is you know if I can connect 40 years um with a with with a with a comment, isn't that sort of what you would say about Cam Newton? I think you overcome that with other virtues. That's all. So Tom Brady. I, I, I mean, so Terry Bradshaw was uh, would throw some bad picks and and you know was wildly inaccurate. He but prototypical size, a cannon arm, was good in the pocket. And, you, and another one of the factors that helps Terry Bradshaw is he had the greatest defense in history on his side. Super a super fast release, great, great functional scrambler. And people still hold him up as physically he's the prototype. Right. Yeah. So I mean so but the but the point is, I guess, is that the ebb and flow of the game uh, it, it's right to say, Buck, that the sweet spot really for the quarterback, where a quarter maybe the perception that we still sort of uh apply to these guys is owed to what we saw in the mid 80s to to through the through the 90s is that fair that a quarterback was never more important than in, in in that sort of window is that fair cuz in the 70s you were a part of the team and very rarely did a guy did a, a, an individual 
and you can go through the list there and disprove that if you want to. I don't think you Here's, can. There's nobody who carried his team continually to the playoffs. You were a part of a collective uh, a talent that was above everybody else, and that's the reason that it was the usual participants in the 70s. It was always the Raiders, Vikings, Rams, Cal- uh, Steelers. I mean, the same teams were always in the postseason. The teams that got there in the 80s and early 90s always had these mm-hmm. dominant QBs, save Aikman's Cowboys, who were a great I will, but then I, my counter to that would be to look at the defenses that accompany, that accompany those successful quarterbacks. When you look at Brett Favre and when they won the Super Bowl in 96, I was there as the number one defense in nearly every category. When you look at the 49ers that won – during the but that's true of anybody. But there, no, hold on, but I'm there's saying, nobody but, who but wins we never, the junk. I know, but we never talk about that. We talk as if Joe Montana just took a cast of no names and <laughs> won the thing. Like, it's, it's never that. I'm just saying the conversation is always the quarterback. My pushback to you on that, though, we is don't, – we don't reveal. All right, then why? Then why? Why did when I gave you the opportunity a few minutes ago? Why didn't you say Dan Fouts belongs uh, ranked higher up here? You're not giving him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that wasn't his fault. He had a lot of things going in his favor. But I didn't. A- I didn't dismiss him or exclude him from this club because of lack of Super Bowl rings. I just. I mean. I mean, if, yeah. we're not comparing apples and oranges. We're, we're comparing apples and oranges when you start talking about a guy whose prime was 1975 versus a guy whose prime was 2015. But you're also not being fair to – I mean, it's it's not fair to cherry pick one guy and say, well, I mean, he he, he had good players around him. Now, everybody did. Now, you don't win Super Bowls by – there's not there's never been a Super Bowl victory – the closest you might have come to that, even though the defense was very good in Carolina, would have been to say this year, wow, Cam Newton carried that team, that very flawed team, all the way to the that would world have been, championship. That would have been the outlier. Because but nevertheless, were, he carried them flawed. to, to the Super Bowl. That was remarkable stuff. To your point about the 70s, who was the highest paid player in the NFL in 1977? Ooh, I, I, well, it was a running back. It was O.J. Simpson. Time. Yeah. 79, it was Walter Payton. I mean, that's it's hard to believe looking back now that the quarterbacks were not the highest paid players in the game. Absolutely right. So given that evaluation, given that that's the fact, and, it, and I do point that, that out early it. up, it factors into who is not retrospectively and the, the, the qualities you look for in a QB in the year 2000. Rather, what were the qualities that made you a winner in 1975 or 1978, yes. I, I, I state that, yeah, as of 1986, there isn't a QB in the Super Bowl era that you would hold up as superior, save possibly Roger Staubach. But that's a, a taste thing, and I will say that I'll go with the guy who beat Roger Staubach head-to-head twice in two Super Bowls. I have a hard time making a case that – If when it was tug-of-war, you'd have a better case, but it's football. Well, it, it's funny. I mean, it, it, Remember the it, old it's suit? not It's not uh, checkers or chess or what you're connect for. You're not playing one-on-one. Well, the Steelers would win that uh, tug-of-war because uh, they were getting a little help, if you know what I mean, <laughs> with, uh, with their muscles a little bit. Although it's not like the Cowboys were clean either. So Ask Gil. I know. Gil Grant <laughs> loves to point that one out to me, and I like to shoot back at him. Hey, Gil, I don't think your Cowboys were, were they uh, all uh, Boy Scouts. Yeah, hey, Gil, no, it's your doing computer. Anything. <laughs> anyway, spirited debate. Final thoughts. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, you know, broom you and make you feel like you didn't make whatever point you want to make here before we wrap it up here. Wow. My final thoughts. I feel smarter for being in the same room with Bucky, but then <laughs> that's offset by Sheck. <laughs> 
I love debate club. I feel like we just had debate club over your quarterbacks. And even though you have a lot of fandom that you bring into the deal, and I can't understand why so many Steelers are on this list, but so I, many. I, I, guess, I mean, so so many Steelers are on all your lists. So many. I don't know even know how to respond. You know, I mean, listen. I'll when we're talking about Super Bowl era. I, there is a chance that when we talk about the team that has six rings and appeared in eight Super Bowls, there's a chance that they're going to come up when you start yeah, talking about that Yeah, but according to you, stuff. because of their quarterback, they, they have all those rings. Uh, how dare you? See, now because you're – <laughs> Because of their quarterback, they have all those rings. Right? Not because of all the Hall of Fame. I know. I feel bad. Yeah. When I think back about the, those poor Dallas Cowboys, I feel bad Feel bad for Roger Staubach. He had to hand it off to Tony Dorsett and had to throw it to – to bums like Drew Pearson and Tony Hill. And, doom, and they, that, that doomsday defense was such it wasn't, junk. How, it wasn't, it wasn't what quite, chance it wasn't quite did Roger the Dodger have against the mighty steel? I, well, Terry Bradshaw had everything in his favor in those Just games. like Bob Greasy did. I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> I'm just I mean, like I, Bob Greasy. I'm just the same. And, again, you know, if you're going <laughs> to compare those guys, all I can tell you is look at the him versus his contemporaries. Do you think? I mean, I know you know the answer to this. You're you're just being right. you're just being wise now. But Bob Greasy threw the ball four times in the Super Bowl. Terry Bradshaw elevated and was slinging it. What? Oh, we're losing the game. There there are ten minutes left in the season and we're losing. I'm going deep. Who else did, did that? Who have, who since has done that? Who else does that? The we're lo- we're gonna lose the game unless I uncork a winner here. <laughs> Go get it, John Stallworth. You got it in your hands. Now run it to glory. That's what he did. What do you want, my man? I, I don't place. Call you know place. who else? You know no, who else? You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't call passes when you're winning. You just kind of grind it out. I got three guys back there. That can I mean, get it I, I, I'm just know, saying, I, I have three guys behind me that can get it done. I'm just going to hand it off to them, let them do the work. I don't, you know, I, I, I think it matters that somebody. You do? You do? I, call, so, I mean, we're just calling plays. How about Super Bowl Ten when he uncorks uh, the game winner to Lynn Swan, 64-yarder, and he does it a hair before he takes a lick from a Cowboys defender and is concussed and never touches the field again. <laughs> Standing in the pocket, taking the lick, Buck. <laughs> When's your friend Drew Brees done that? <laughs> When's the when last time you saw him do that in his in his in his uh, c- climate control dome? I thought Bird Jones did that. Didn't Bird Jones do that? He did it for Baltimore. MVP Bird Jones. Bird Jones, Bird Jones, Jones was that. very good. He did that. He was terrific. Oh, I like. I don't have anything bad to say about Bert Jones. He yeah, has a great Miller Lite. Stay commercial. healthy. Sincerely, Bert Jones. <laughs> All right, real quick, let's get to it here. We uh, we have step out for one second here, Chris Wessling, because here he comes, everybody. The Clemson defensive end that Bucky is very high on, Shaq Lawson. Dave, da 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 don't don't Dave. Ooh, I must be in the big time because, Bucky, look who's joining us right now. Guy, you've been looking at quite a bit over the last few weeks, nay, months, nay, years. Here he is, everybody, one of the great stars of that Clemson team that almost got it done there, but a glorious year. Nevertheless, it's Shaq Lawson. What's the poop, fella? Oh, nothing. Just chilling, just enjoying being out here in L.A. How you doing? Well, I'm doing well. I'm doing better than I was before I met you, but I'm not doing as well as you are doing now and are going to be doing next month in Chicago. Let's go over a couple things real quick in the draft process. Now, of course, I never got to hear my name called out by the commissioner. (laughs) First thing is... I want a little bit of advice. What are you planning on doing as soon as you get that call? Who? What do you? What's your first thing? Like, uh, are you going to be sitting there? Are you going to be at the table in uh, Chicago? Oh yes, sir, I will. Uh, when I get that call, I'm just just going to be happy and 
and just bless. First person you hug? My mom. Correct. You see that, Bucky? I, I like that. I, I got a bigger <laughs> question, though. I got yes. a bigger question. Since I know he's going to be in Chicago, mm-hmm. what are you wearing? Oh, that's a good question. Have you, have you, have you picked that up? I mean, I, yeah, I got you have to have a couple of options. We got to yeah. have a couple of options depending on how you feel the day of. What colors are we talking about? I know you can't give it away. What colors are we thinking about, though? Um, I'm thinking about a little, some, a little kind of blue in there. and It's just going to be nice, though. It's going to be nice, you know. I, I gotta you, already, you already been fitted for yeah, it? Yeah, I already, already fit. I already got the suit. About to be fresh. Two buttons? I'm a guy. I got a three-piece suit. Uh, oh, it's a, so it's a three-piece yeah, suit. Yeah, okay, that's that's the look of the yeah, time. We're doing, we're doing it nice. All right, that's yeah. good. But now I want to. I'm a little concerned here. First of all, I'm, I'm a. I appreciate your first answer there. So many guys, they get drafted. This is the moment you've been, li- you know, leading up to really your whole young life. Guys who turn and hug their agent instead of their mom. I don't know what that says about a man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna hug my agent. No, good. Probably. Uh, Give him, I'm giving him a, a little pound, but, you know, uh, the hugging part, nah, I ain't going to hug. All right. I mean, hug. but that thing of, like, uh, that you have to hug your age. Your mom's sitting there. She's been there before the agent was. She didn't know you were going to grow up and be a big-time football guy. Here's the thing about the outfit, though, that Bucky brings up. The blue, you want something semi-neutral now because what if you go to a team that wears – It's like it's like, gray, it's like gray, but a little light blue in there somewhere. Oh, you, you can't know? go wrong with light blue. Yeah, you, you know. Here's the thing. I mean, like, there are certain teams that, like, like if the Raiders got you, that's going to go with whatever you're wearing. The black hat, that'll work yeah, fine. You gotta think about the hat. Yeah. Oh, you yeah think you about the hat. But it makes sure now, like, what if you go to the Bengals or somebody like that with the orange? Make well, sure what about the not Dolphins? A clash. With the, you know, with the yeah. – Dolphins don't See, I was about to See, I was about to do some orange because I had went to Clemson. but That uh, makes sense, yeah. You know – like the Vic did something crazy last year. He had a red and black suit on. Yeah, he went did. To Atlanta, so he it was did. crazy. I, I, you know? I have pictures with that. It worked out for <laughs> Yeah, him, it did. Yeah, that's crazy. Best guy besides Bucky Brooks you've met so far in this whole draft process. Who's the most exciting NFL star or whatever that you've gotten the glad? Celebrity. What celebrity? Like who have you bumped into? You like, man, you know, man. I think he understood the question. Fine, celebrity. Bucky. You didn't have to uh, try and clean it up for too, me. Took you too long. A celebrity. I don't know. Come on, it has to be somebody. Somebody that you met during the Super Bowl or something. Like, somebody you bumped into that you're like, you know what, it's pretty cool. Oh, I met Chad Johnson, though. It was like it was before this process, though, but I had – I met a bump heads with Chad Johnson at the mall when we was down at um, – for the uh, Orange Bowl. We were down there. I talked to him. He, he was a funny character. He didn't know you, though, did he? Nah, he didn't know me. But he said he heard of me. But I, I at the time, I didn't know it was Chad Johnson. I was just walking by. <laughs> Oh, he's pretty Chad unassuming. Johnson. He's not yeah. a big guy. Nah, he ain't. He's not big, so that's what that's what got me. He was just real skinny, and and we was taller than him. And so, what is it the uh, whether it was at the combine? And by the way, I, I have to bring this up again. People like to always call it the combine, but you know what? If you want to really get uh, get ahead of uh, of your peers <laughs> here before you get drafted, if there's a last minute call, like tell us something, Shaq. We're having a tough time. Tell us something we didn't know. Like you should tell them. It's not the combine because that's something that separates. That's a, like a, a farming equipment thing. A combine is when everybody gets together to do one thing. It's a combine. So now you've just passed <laughs> through that. That's, yeah. that's for you, Bucky, too, because you do a lot of work around the combine. So use that going forward. But Shaq, so you can drop uh, that one out there. But what's the dumbest question that came up either in that, you know, there or, or elsewhere? They asked me who the fourth president was. What? 
That's an awfully hard question to that, throw that, to someone. Yeah, that was a hard question. I, I can't remember what team it was, but the first thing I came in there, who's the fourth president? And I'm thinking around, like, I don't know at all. Monroe? I don't know, Shaq. You, you didn't know that? I can't remember. It's. I think it might be Monroe. Is that right behind the glass, everybody? I think it goes Washington, Adams, Jefferson. I'm pretty sure of that one. But then it's like Monroe, and then the other Adams comes back around at like six. <laughs> and I, I, what are we talking about right now? We don't have time. Well, well that's, I, I guess that was the question. Did you have an answer for it? Uh, No, sir. I was like, You just said, I have no idea. No idea. No idea. <laughs> That's probably best. I mean, just be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Just be honest. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get to the next question. (laughs) The guesses might be more fun. Yeah. Um, All right. Here's a a little thing that I'd like to do with you real quick here, Shaq. Oh, well, before we get to uh, my list of questions, um, or the the questions of Bernard Pivot, he's this uh, French guy who I think he's a philosopher type or a famous interviewer who used to ask a series of uh, the same questions to people. You ever see that show Inside the Actor's Studio? No, sir. With the bald guy, bearded guy, James Lipton. I'm going to get your answers to these two while we do this. <laughs> no, so, sir. Yeah, okay. I may as well do both okay. of them. Why not? Here. Two for one. Um, but uh, are you, in fact, named after Shaquille O'Neal? Yes, sir. I am. Isn't that a funny thing? Because it's such a distinctive name, but we're seeing a lot of guys named Shaq in this generation. Yes, yeah, sir. It was crazy. Because um, you know how most babies have a name playing in before they were born. Uh, I waited like a day later. Um, I came out long, baby, tall, and. And basketball was part of our family, so it's like Shaq, Shaquille. And I I stuck with the name, played basketball with the name, football with the name, so I just named this man. I dig that. Are you good at ball? Yes, sir. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. You saw him not his head. All football players think they're really good at football. Yeah, I am. I, I got video evidence to back it they, up. They all think they're <laughs> He think like, in his mind, he thinks he's an NBA player. I, somehow I feel like you're condescending there a little bit, Bucky, <laughs> saying, except that I've heard saw, you talk about saw, your basketball game, I saw, too. I saw the reaction. Like He was like, you know, <laughs> basketball game. Like, like, like it was a, it's another option. If, if football doesn't work out, basketball is an option. Like, could you have oh. played at Clemson if you wanted to? Yes, basketball, you definitely. I could have started like, on Clemson. I feel like I would have started on Clemson. <laughs> Why don't we? Maybe you should really. Listen, you're going to go in the first round. Spoiler alert. I mean, it's a, uh, pretty much a given at this point. Why don't you become the first guy since prime time to go both ways? Or Brian Jordan did it, right? Was he the yeah, last Brian, guy to Brian do it? Brian Jordan also did it. Yeah, be a two-sport player. Yeah. Why don't you try it, Shaq? I should, I should try it. Nate Robinson coming to football now. so <laughs> Yeah, Nate, Nate is going to try and make it. So maybe he can go the other way. Yeah. Let's administer our quiz now. It's Bernard Pivo's questions. What is your favorite word, Shaq? Uh, yo. Yo. Yeah. Simple. I like that. Your least favorite word. Nah. <laughs> I like those two answers. Like when somebody say nah, it's like. Yeah, you don't like being told no to something. I got you. Okay. What's, uh, what turns you on? Hmm? Huh? What turns me on? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I, I can tell you know what? That was oh, no. You were following some of that uh, same uh, same thing in your head of like better to say nothing than to say yeah. something. Oh, I got same thing as not answering the, the fourth president question there. What turns you off? Bad breath from a girl. <laughs> It could also be for a guy, too. Like, I'm sure you wouldn't appreciate it if Bucky was. Uh, yeah, bad, bro. Yeah, that's my pet peeve. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen to, to Shaq Love. <laughs> the sound you love to hear. The sound I love to hear. <sighs> that. What does that what's, mean? What's, what's that mean? What is that sound? Just having that? a hard time with a person, you know? Uh. <laughs> like when a coach do that? Yeah. <laughs> that's a bad sound. Though. Yeah, that's a bad sound. Yeah, okay. bad sound. So uh, the uh, the profession you'd love to have, if you, I think we've established what it is already, yeah. if you weren't going to be a football, football player. player here. Oh, if I were a football player, my dream is to work with the Paralympics. Um, that's something I've been looking to when I'm in school and – and I really to look at it serious about doing that when my football career over with. You know, hmm. I would give back with people dis- disabled, and I always see a smile on their face. So That's very nice. And you mentioned just before we started here that J.J. Watt, your favorite uh, guy in the league, not just for his on-the-field deeds. He does a lot of that stuff off the field too. So a good role model in that way. Last thing is when they make the Shaq Lawson movie, who should play you? Ooh. Ooh. Who should play me? Ooh, that's a big one. I'm gonna say say my agent, Tory Danny. He, he gets to play you. He gets yeah, to play he, you. Yeah, he gets to play me. I don't know about you're that. Not, you're not gonna go with a professional. You're just gonna let. You're just gonna you let some you. handsome I'm gonna have him in there. I'm gonna have him in there. But I'm gonna have to get Kevin Hart in there too, though. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Hart because I'm a Shaq funny Lawson. guy. I'm a funny five guy. foot four. You know, Kevin Hart. You no, know, I'm a playing funny Shaq guy. Lawson. <laughs> so we must bet we're gonna have to go out and get. the <laughs> – if, if he's going to play Jack Lawson, we're going to have to hire a bunch of five-year-old kids to play the rest of the world then so that, you, so that he towers over. Kevin Hart plays Jack Lawson. We're going to have to put him on a box. The high-concept kind, of, uh, kind of movie there. you got to have a booster seat. <laughs> All right, Shaq Lawson, you're delightful, and a team is going to be lucky to have you, not just because uh, you're going to dominate at the next level. Another spoiler alert there. I hope the color scheme that they, when they hand you that jersey works well with what you've got going on there. Yeah, on y'all, got me, y'all got me thinking I need to change that. No, no, no. I, <laughs> just neutral. Just go neutral. Then you got all your bases covered. <laughs> yes, right. Hey, good luck and enjoy uh, Chicago. Hopefully we'll uh, cross paths with you there. A bright future lays ahead for this character, Shaq Lawson, everybody. Yes, sir. Thank you. You listen to Dave You listen to Dave All right, real quick, fellas. I liked him quite a bit. He, I, I think he claimed himself to be a funny guy, and I get the sense that he is. He is kind of funny. Your little questions were uh, pretty well, funny. Well, as promised, I want to get your answers, too, here. Bucky, you go first. Your favorite word. Awesome. <laughs> Are you 11? Yeah. Chris Wessling, I'll say you. Favorite word. Onomatopoeia. Very nice. Oh, my gosh. Least favorite word, Bucky. Can't. Oh, I like that. It's motivational. How about that? Yeah, very good. Like, uh, I can't believe Dave put so many Steelers on his Super Bowl list, even though they're the best team of all time. Wes. Bradshaw. (laughs) (laughs) Surprised it's not K-Gun. What turns you on, Bucky? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep it clean. You no, know, it's always clean. All right. Turns me on. What I get excited about. Hmm. Fit. Fit. Yeah, when someone is fit. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you were talking about the man in the mirror. All right, I got you now. It's like it's a little weird. All right, Wes. Mm, I'm a calf guy. 
Nice, <laughs> I didn't have nice well-turned <laughs> calf is a turn-on. Interesting. Right. We're getting very specific about the turn-on oh. thing, but I guess that's what it was. so funny, though? I the first thing I thought was legs. I was like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. I don't and know. Says, I, I guess I should have. he says calf. I should find like, that. I want to figure out who this Pivo character was when he came up with this thing. Like, Because he's act, asking it to actors. And stuff, so I think they probably go much oh, deeper than calf, yeah. but I don't know. Oh, like, you know. I don't know what. The walk. craft of acting. I don't like, know what uh, they would say. Silent walk on the beach or something? I don't Moonlight oh. walk on the beach? I don't Running know. Running lines with Bob De Niro. Oh, that's oh it's exhilarating. That's a turn on. I don't know. That's when I, I, when Pivo asks these questions, I don't know. <laughs> what turns you off, Hilarious. Bucky? What turns me off? Uh, Cankles. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just saying that. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, salt. could be anything. Mm. It turns me off. Quarterbacks getting too much credit. <laughs> yeah, that that turns me off. Um, Even though they make one, way more money. Selfish, than selfishness. Oh, I don't know why you looked at me like uh, that applies to me. I'm just saying, I don't like selfish people. All right. I don't like grown men wearing shorts in the place of business. You know. Like Bucky Brooks is wearing shorts right now. Chris I, I should retire because I can't bring my kid in. <laughs> Mellow drama. <laughs> I, I believe that one with uh, Wes. What sound do you love? Cha-ching. Wes. Birds chirping in the morning. Oh, oh that's sweet. <laughs> that's nice, Bucky. It is. It is. That what sound so do you shallow. hate? Uh, buzzers. Wes? Incessant car alarms. <laughs> you know which one I w- is getting under my skin of late? Do you have that credit card that has the so-called chip on it and that you I have do. to put it in? Yeah. And you do everything right, and it's sitting in there, and then when the transaction is has been uh, transacted or whatever, completed, it goes, ah, ah, ah. like, whoa, whoa, I did something wrong. It's like, no, no, it's just telling you you can take your card. I was like, that's awfully harsh. I, I, Obnoxious. It could be like a ding. <laughs> they got to fix that. Um, the uh, – the profession you'd love to have if it weren't uh, if it weren't doing whatever it is you do here. Profession I would love to have teacher. Oh, very nice. I want to have Ken Burns's job, making documentaries, the historical documentary, and a great American. First of all, I love that. I I love that as a, in theory, but I bet that's got to be so tedious going through all that old stuff. But uh, nevertheless, I hear you. What profession would you hate to have to do? Mm, Labricks. Yeah, that would be no good. Uh, I'd hate to go back to being a mailman. (laughs) (laughs) As I've said before, anything that involves touching other people's feet would be the one for me. Podiatrist, MMA fighter. (laughs) (laughs) Your foot's in my face. I quit. Okay, good. I tap out. Whatever. Get me out of here. Your foot just touched me, man. Get out of here with that crap. Last thing is, I never understand this question when when, uh, James Lipton asks it on uh, Inside the Actor Studio. When he says, "What do you hope to hear when you get to the pearly gates?" I mean, what? What? Uh, there's only one answer, um, or some variation on it. I'm, I'm in. I, can't, I, I, I get in. Do you think it's going to be close for you, Bucky? No, I don't know. You don't know. No, I would. Li- I would like to think that I that I would. I would get a pass. But are you worried though? No, I'm not worried. You're not worried about it. No, I'm not worried. About not worried that whoever's the gatekeeper there that day is going to be like, "Ooh, Bucky." I'm hoping I can sweep. Look here, look here. I got the, we got some real. I'm let's talk about this right here. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not I... saying you're out right now, but I'm gonna. 
I'm you're hoping, gonna have to you're gonna have to talk me into this after I'm what I'm happened. I can, on, talk uh, my way I can talk my way in. I'm hoping <laughs> I can talk my way in. Wes, I don't believe that there are pearly gates. I like where Wes's head's at on that one. All right, NFL.com, here's what you can find. Bucky Brooks' latest mock draft. Chris Wessling with a terrific piece about uh, the best offenses in uh, 2016 coming up here. Who do you have at number one there? I was just doing the AFC, and I have basically the Patriots and Steelers as the top two. I have the Patriots. I trust them a little bit more. Martellus Bennett, man. I, I, Wes, uh, I saw you tweeted that, which was uh, – Man, I hope the Houston uh, Texans are high since I'm going in – on them. I'm pushing the chips in on them a little bit. You, I, you know what I've heard? I think Wes picked up on the same thing. You like both sides of it, Bucky, so then right. you can't be wrong. You just said about what brought, John Elway said about Osweiler. Oh, I, I mean, like like what someone has paid and how I project them to play are two different things. Like, I don't think – I think it's Well, hard. how good could they be? You cited that he's only played 22 games since high school. Well, I mean, if he plays the role that he played last year with the Denver Broncos, that was good enough to help him get to the Super Bowl. So you're a mystery, Bucky. I'm not a mystery, but I the number number one defense in every category from midseason to the end of the season. I agree. In Texans, and you know what else? You know what else? I you know I'm not somebody who breaks down the film play after play the way uh, the two of you guys do. But the guy who jumped out at me when he was out there was Kevin Johnson. That was, that, he was that, good. Man, that, that that defense. Good. So, now what they have to do early in the year, I think if you take what Pittsburgh was able to do with Roethlisberger when he was young with Osweiler, like, hey, just ease into a defense you carry. We're going to give it to Lamar Miller, find a way to get it to Hopkins, maybe one of the young guys because I think at 22 they're going to draft a speed receiver. Make some plays in the passing game, but put it on the defense. Then around week 8 to 10 – Osweiler kind of comes in and let him do a little more, get comfortable, like we saw Russell Wilson do, like we've seen Roethlisberger kind of grow from being a manager to a playmaker. If they go about that progression, they can be fine. But I think there's a lot of pressure on the coaching staff to make sure that they prove the organization right by making this big move for Osweiler. Very good. I got distracted. I was thinking about Terry Bradshaw slinging another (laughs) gorgeous deep ball. I, I, I wish we could have one of those simulators. Yeah. Where we could put the Steelers and the Dolphins and Greasy and Bradshaw and uh, get it going. Well, that we you don't yeah, need would, a simulator would, for that. We saw it that. happen in the 70s. I would love to see that. I'm not going to. All right, fine. You early, asked me. Early 70s. You implied you wanted early me to 70s. say it again, so I'm going to say it again for, your, for your benefit. Buddy. Early 70s. I just want to tell you something. When people evaluate who the best teams are of all time, mm-hmm. go ahead and make your list. The greatest teams you've ever watched. 60s Packers, you would say Niners of the 80s, Cowboys of the 90s, Patriots of uh, of the early 21st century, or you know through these years, pick uh, pick whichever mm-hmm. edition of these Patriots you want. We never, you know, we never you would also, it. you know, who else you would list in there? You would list the Cowboys of the 70s. Uh-huh. You would list. We wouldn't mention the. You would miss. Oh. You mentioned the Raiders. You would mention the Dolphins of the 70s. You might even mention the Vikings of the 70s for their three Super Bowl appearances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet, among all those Titanic teams all playing in the exact same era, who stood head and shoulders above them all winning four out of six years? The the undefeated team. The Pittsburgh Steelers. That's who did it, Bucky. Undefeated. Undisputed. Undefeated. Undisputed. Terrific. (laughs) Undisputed. It's a nice little run that they put together there. Undisputed. During the most boring era in pro football. In new. Like, that's what they say. Like, that's what they say at the end of the fight. Thank Undisputed. You. Yeah. And, and and once 
Pittsburgh had perfected (laughs) that kind of boring ball, the NFL said, well, we got to stop this. We got to open up offenses. And what did Pittsburgh do? They opened up the offenses and did it better than anybody else. Buck, on the right arm of one Terry Bradshaw. How about that? MVP, 1978. There you go. He he has a gold jacket, right? (laughs) Yeah, to go along with those four silver trophies he has. Bob Greasy has a gold jacket too, right? I mean, fraudulent. I'm just saying. Who cares about the Hall of Fame? What I want to know is where they rank on Sheck's list. That's right. Now you're getting it, Wes, because if I ever get to go back through there and start taking some busts out of Canton, taking Greasy's first. I got news for you. Hey, Bob, oh I'm taking those God. glasses off. I'm poofing out that hair, and you now, now you're Jim jacket. Plunkett. That's you. I'm putting Plunkett in the Hall of Fame. That's what I'm going to do. And guess what? You know who's joining you soon? Eli Manning. You're going to take his jacket. I've got to take it. I don't want to. I have to. That's what we need to do. I want to go back, and I want to revoke some Hall of Fame. Somebody suggested that I actually do that. This is the most mean-spirited video you'll ever go. I want to go to Canton, and I want us to just remove it. I'm not going to name names. Yeah, bud. I was talking about exactly this, and somebody said, oh, that would be a great uh, – you should what do that. You, you should do that here for uh, for the NFL. I said, how do you think that would play if I start plucking off? <laughs> if I actually start – I hope you take the little bus that we can take the bus down. We I'm just, no, we just need some a, movers coming through. We can snatch jackets We off. just need some medium-sized uh, cardboard boxes. Uh, when we go to Canton in uh, August, I'm just going to set them over the heads of those things. <laughs> nope, this one's been revoked. I'm just going to write in, uh, in – Marker over it. This one, we we're re- saving this space for, you know, that kind of thing. We can't bring Orange Peel. We can't bring Orange Peel when we do that. I know he's our historian, but we can't bring Orange Peel when we revoke. Wait, Orange Peel, Elliot Harris. Elliot Harris. <laughs> Elliot Harrison, I'm sorry. I'm sorry from Game Day Blitz, my bad. Orange Peel. I don't okay. think you understand <laughs> ball the way I do. Orange Peel. <laughs> I wonder who he removed. I wonder who. We'll we'll say that. I think we get long, but I, I'll ask him. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about who we can remove. Ten guys that we can remove from the hall. I mean, I'll do the list, but I don't. Think, you know, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Bob Greasy is the guy who you remove. All right, I'm I'm leaving. That's that's the end of that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris Wessling and Bucky Brooks. Uh, great times here. We'll be back with another show for you. At the start of next week, in the meantime, go check out all their work at NFL.com. We'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, enjoy the tournament. Been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.